0: 33, if you have a copy, the Word of God this morning, Psalm 133, and we'll read some verses here in the Scripture and try our best to give unto you what I feel the Lord has laid upon our heart for the service this morning, Psalm 133, very small division in the Psalm, just three verses. Uh, Very familiar, I think, probably to all of us as we'll read it this morning, Uh, but this is where my heart is and the Lord dealt with my heart about some things out of this scripture and I want to try my best to be mindful of him and to give that to you that he has given to me if you'd pray for us today that the Lord would help us. Psalm 133, let's stand together if you're able, willing to do so out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Again, very familiar scripture, no doubt, that I'll read into your hearing and probably won't say or preach anything that you've not heard before. Uh, But this is where my heart is for the service this morning. And I trust the Lord to help us together. Psalm 133, verse 1. behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I want to preach this morning. If God will help me for just a little while about unity among the brethren. Unity among the brethren. It's no coincidence that in the Sunday school hour this morning it spoke about things that cause disharmony among the brethren, discord among the brethren, and there are many things in this day that we must beware of. And I. Thought about as the Lord dealt with my heart, there are, uh, the psalmist here uses the word behold. And there are some things to recognize and some things to look at concerning unity among the brethren. But I'll also say this morning that there are some things to beware of when it comes to unity among the brethren. I thought about here as we read this scripture at the heading, It says that it's a song of degrees of David. That David is the one that God chose to pin down these words about unity among the brethren. Now David knew some things about disunity or discord Among the brethren. David had been in some instances. And some circumstances. In his life. Where it was very evident. That there was no unity. Among the brethren. And David had experience with God. Writing here. About unity. Among the brethren. David knew both. Of the blessings of unity. And he also. Knew the cursings of disharmony. And discord among the brethren I thought about even in his own family David knew about times of disharmony when there was no unity among the brethren I thought about that day when his father sent him down to the battlefield to carry the bread and the cheese to his brethren and take their pledge and he got there and because of pride almost always when there's not unity among the brethren, pride has something to do with the disharmony in the church. And so the eldest brother got offended because he was so prideful that he was not on the battlefield doing what he ought to be doing. And so he charged David and belittled David because he said, why have you come? I know the naughtiness of your heart. You've just come to see the battle. And so David knew something about disharmony when there was no unity among his own family. But not just in the family. After Goliath killed and Saul hears the women singing the praises of David that Saul has slain his thousands but David has slain his ten thousands then and there begins to be no unity among the nation. And David knew what it was like for the people of God not to be in unity. David knew what it caused. He knew the detriment, the damage that was caused from the people of God who were not in unity among themselves. David had been there. Of course, we know that Saul was rejected from being king, that God removed himself from Saul that David was anointed the rightful king but he did not take the throne at that time but Saul sought for the life of David because of his pride and it divided the people of God some pledged their allegiance to Saul some pledged their allegiance to David David spent many days fearing for his life running for his life and David could look back I don't know exactly when David was used of God to write this song at what point in his life But no doubt David could look back on those days and warn the people and let them know that there's great damage when there's no unity among the brethren. But he writes about how good and how pleasant it is when there is unity among the brethren. When the people of God are dwelling together, and there ought to be unity, we ought to endeavor, as the scriptures say, to keep the unity of the faith and the peace of the Spirit of God. It's a work, it's a striving, it's labor to endeavor to keep unity among the people. I thought about the word brethren. David here writes, and I'm just trying to give it to you how the Lord gave it to me. David said, It's good and pleasant when brethren can dwell together in unity. Us being brethren ought to be motivation enough to keep unity among ourselves. That we're all in the same family. The Bible said in the book of Ephesians, there's one Lord, one faith, one body. One baptism. And that's not the one that we go down to the river. But that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when we get born in under the family of God, He's made us all one family. And the Bible says it's the whole family in heaven and in earth. And we are brethren. And that ought to be motivation to keep unity among ourselves. The first, one of the first uses of the word brethren is in the book of Genesis. When there's strife between Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. And Abram goes to Lot. And he says we're going to have to do something. Because we be. Brethren, he said there's got to be something done. The unity is being broken between us and we are brethren. Something's got to change. And I think in this day, as we look around the people of God, there's so many things that are causing the unity to be broken down among the brethren. And something has got to be done. Many preachers stand in the name of God. And they preach and say things from, and I'm not judging them, I'm just preaching this morning. And they say things from the pulpit that cause disharmony among the brethren. And they get off on things and lines and tangents that don't even matter. And I'm going to tell you that we're in the last days. I believe that. And there's no time for these petty little games and things that don't matter in the grand scheme of things. What we need is eternal preaching about an eternal destination. And we need to maintain the unity among the brethren. People are sprinting and splitting and going everywhere. And there's no unity among the brethren. Now, according the scriptures, us as a local body, I understand. I'm preaching to us this morning that there ought to be unity among the brethren of this church. But the reality is, the unity should go farther than these four walls. If we're in the family of God, we ought to have unity among ourselves. That is right. We ought not to count each other off. I see so much. In this day, and my heart has been troubled this week. And I've heard some things and with my own ears. Things that are not right. And things other preachers say about other preachers and congregations. And I'm telling you, it's a danger and a detriment to the people of God when unity is broken among the brethren. Right. Now here in this scripture, we know and understand and you've heard it preached before many times, that these are songs of degrees or songs of a sense. They were literally songs that the people of God would sing as they went up to Jerusalem to worship. And they didn't all come from the same province, they didn't all come from the same family background, they didn't all come from the same walk of life. But when they came together on this day, the only thing that mattered was not how much money they had in the bank, it was not whether they belonged here or belonged there, but what mattered is they were brethren and they put aside all of that and they went up united as the people of God into the house of God and David said it's good and it's pleasant when brethren can come together in unity it didn't matter to them if they were standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody that had less than them it didn't matter to them if they had more in the bank than the one down the line it didn't matter to them what their occupation was it didn't matter to them what their last name was it didn't matter to them what tribe they came out of if they had prestige if they had fame or fortune all that mattered on this day is that they were brethren they were the people of God and they were united not just in one common bond but in the same mind they were going to Jerusalem to worship and that's all that was on their mind was worship I'm afraid we come to the house of God and we got all these things on our mind and preachers mount the pulpits across our land and I, I don't know why I'm preaching this but I know it's what God's put on my heart And there's such division. And there's such strife. And we have critical spirits. I'm going to tell you a critical spirit ought never to be in the house of God. I'm not talking about compromising. I'm not talking about backing up. I'm not talking about going against the doctrines of the Bible. But I'm telling you the house of God. has no place for a critical spirit. We ought to come in together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. In unity and one mind and one accord. To worship God and that's all that matters. There are things in the grand scheme of things. There are things that really don't matter. You can have your preference, and I can have mine, and we can agree to disagree. I'm not talking about the main things. I'm talking about things that are trivial. But we're splintering and splitting over trivial things in this day, and it's not pleasing in the sight of God. Oh we need to unify together in the bond of perfectness, in the unity of the Spirit, and worship God in this day. I believe that's right. He said, How good, behold it. Look at it. Take notice of how good. Now pleasant it is. Now there's no measurement. David does not ascribe. He just says, You'll have to look and see for yourself. Words I cannot explain how good it is and how pleasant it is when the brethren, when the people of God come together in unity. But it does give two illustrations. that's what I want to deal with just a little while this morning Then we'll go to the house. He said it's like the ointment upon the head and ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and ran down to the skirts of his garments. So he likens unity to the ointment that was used to anoint the high priest. He said it has that perfume to it. If you study the Scriptures and study this anointing, this ointment that was used, they would compound all these herbs together and these spices and they would mix it in a ratio with olive oil and that would be the anointing and nobody had to question when the anointing of the high priest took place the odor filled the house they understood and they knew what that smell was it was different you didn't use this every day they didn't use this for daily perfume they didn't use this in any other walk or manner it was only reserved for the holy things of the house of God and it had a specific odor and it had a perfume that fill the house. And David said when brethren can dwell together in unity it has that odor about it but that affects everybody in the house. I thought about that woman that came that day with the alabaster box. Jesus is in the house and there's a bunch there with a critical spirit and I'm afraid that's where we are in this day and there's some there that were more interested in getting out than they were on getting in and there were some there that only wanted to be there for what they could see and what they could get out of it but thank God in the midst of that crowd there was a woman there that had the desire to worship him and give him everything she had and she brought that alabaster box and she broke it and poured it on his head and on his feet. And the Bible said in the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. There wasn't a place in the house you could go where you weren't affected by what it went on. And I'm going to tell you when unity's is right in the house of God. There will not be a place in the house you can go uh, that you won't be affected by what's going on uh, among the brethren. Uh, He said it's like the ointment uh, and he starts off with the head. Ain't that amazing uh, that he started off with the head? Uh, The ointment comes, the anointing comes, uh, uh, the power of unity comes uh, uh, from our head and that's Christ. (coughs) According to Ephesians chapter 4, we're endeavoring to keep the unity of peace in the bond of perfectness. We're laboring together in love. We are rooted and grounded together in Him. We are growing up into Him who is the head which is Christ from whom all other blessings flow. And so it starts with Him. The Bible has said it's the peace, the unity of the Spirit. A capital S. That's the source. That's where it comes from. And so it starts from Him and runs down on us. The Bible said it ran down on the beard, even Aaron's beard. But I'm glad it didn't stop there. See what I'm saying this morning is unity when it's right. Its effects cannot be contained. It won't just trickle off on this one and that one. It'll affect everybody in the house. He said it ran all the way down under the hem of his garment. All the way down to the bottom. From the top to the bottom. From the greatest to the least. Every part about him was affected. And I'm going to tell you this morning if we have unity of the Spirit if we have unity of the brethren if our hearts and attitudes are right with God and right with each other it will be evident in the house and everybody will be affected I really believe in this day the reason why the church I'm talking about the church as a whole why the church of God has lost its power and doesn't have as much an effect as we used to have is because we've lost the unity there's too much bickering and there's too much strife and envy and debate. And God help us. And there's jealousy in the house of God. And one preacher's jealous over another. One church is jealous over another because they're proud. And because they're building. Because of their offering God help us to get past all that. If we're saved, we're in the same family. And there ought to be unity among the brethren. I got lost family and so do you. And it doesn't matter to me and it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter to me where they go to church as long as they get under sound preaching in the power of the Holy Ghost where they get saved. If They'll go somewhere else and get saved. I want them to go where they can get saved. It ought not matter to us that we're all in the same family, all serving the same God, all going to the same heaven, all with the same purpose and we ought to have some unity together while we're here. And I believe everything that's done in the house of God ought to promote unity among the brethren. Now I understand sometimes, and you have to hear me this morning, I understand sometimes that the preaching can be a little rough. I thought about Wednesday night and I'm very very guarded and it's a fault almost to a fault it is a fault and the Bible said to confess your faults and so I'm just confessing this morning I'm guarded to a fault about the way I preach certain things I've said in congregations of preachers that felt like they had an agenda or they had a score to settle or they were aimed at one particular person and they were going to make that person feel bad that's never my agenda that's never my motive and it ought never be sometimes there are some difficult things to preach and sometimes as a congregation there are some difficult things to hear it might plow up our road it might get down where we're living but if we'll get it right with God it'll help the unity among the brethren the preacher of the word of God will never defeat unity in the church the of the, no matter how hard no matter how straight no matter how strict, if it's preached in love and with the power and the Spirit of God, it will foster and help and aid the unity among the brethren. Conversation in the house of God that we have amongst ourselves, it ought never cause discord among the brethren. It ought never be against unity. Everything we say to each other in the house of God ought to promote unity among the people of God. I believe that's right. The Bible said God hated a man that sowed discord among the brethren. And that's pretty strong language. God don't use them words very much. And I tell my children, I'm not... Of boasting about myself but my children are not allowed to use the word hate because it's such a strong language we've come to in this day we've come to to think it's just any old thing you hear it every day but when God said he hated something we better pay attention and he said he hates a proud look a lying tongue and all the hands that shed innocent blood and he said one of my hate is a man that sought discord among the brethren but because it causes a rip, it causes division, it causes splinter. And Paul said there ought to be no schism in the body, no division. We're all framed together and we're all compacted together. Everything works together and there ought to be unity in the body. Amen. It's no more unusual. Discord in the, among the body, among the brethren, should be an unusual thing. It should be. Paul said we're like the body of Christ. That's what he said in the book of Ephesians. Go home and read it and study it sometime. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 19, I think it is, where he said that we're fitly framed together. That's the framework or the skeleton of the body. And then he said we are compacted by that which every joint supply. That is the networking of our vessels and our veins and our everything is linked together. and all works together for to bring unity in the purpose of the body. Right. And it ought to be no more unusual for there to be discord among the brethren than it would be for you to get up in the morning and one of your vital organs say, I'm not working today. You say, preacher, that's foolish. Sure it is. It's not natural. And it's not. it should not be natural for there to be discord among the brethren. It should be so unusual for there to be disharmony among the people of God that it ought to be as unusual as one of your bodily organs of saying it's not doing its job today. We're all in this together. And we can't boast. I mean, we're living in a day where we got a whole lot of not just preachers. And I don't know why I'm so much on preachers this morning. God knows. But we got so many preachers in this day that it's all about them. I'm telling you, the body's not all about each individual organ. It's about the body. And we can't boast about where we are in the body. Because God put us in the body Has seemed good to Him To put us Your place in the body Is God's business And no more can we glory Or boast about our place Than we can gripe And complain about our place For God put you in the body Has seemed good to Him To put you And so we ought to just do our part And do our best to be whatever part Of the body that we are You say well my parts not seen, so are many other parts of the body. When you look at me this morning, you look at yourselves in the mirror, there's more about your body you don't see than there is you do see. Do you realize that? There's more at work behind the scenes than there ever is of what you do see about your body. I don't see my heart pumping blood this morning, but it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't be alive. I don't see my brain sending signals to my body to do what I'm doing, but if it wasn't, I wouldn't be doing it. I don't see the nerves and the tendons all working together to make my arms move and my legs move, but they do. God put them all in the body. Paul said sometimes we get caught up and it's no different now we get caught up on those parts of the body that are seen and we forget about all those parts that are unseen that is right and I'm not just saying this to be saying it and I'm not belittling our church thank God for this place and what you do and I believe that you have it right and I'm not saying that because I'm the preacher but I'll tell you one thing Everybody sees the preacher when he gets behind the pulpit. But not too many people see his wife who irons the clothes that he wears behind the pulpit, who prays for him before he gets behind the pulpit, who he knows that if nobody else is on his side, she is on his side. And my wife and my girls at home today, one of them sick and I miss looking out over the congregation and seeing her here. But just because she's not saved, that doesn't mean she don't play a part in the body. And sometimes you may feel like you're overlooked. Sometimes you may feel like you are never seen. But it's not our business. It's not our job or to make ourselves seen. And whether I see you or anybody else sees you, or there's a God in heaven or that's put you in the body where it seemed good to Him to put you. And when you function in your part, He sees what you're doing. And He'll reward you. And part of the reward... I want you to hear, man, I never thought about it this way to the Lord. I have to work it on my heart. Part of the reward for the bodily organs doing their job is that the body functions as it should. And so when we come in the house of God... And there's no discord and there's peace and unity and fellowship and we have a wonderful service and the power of God comes by and people get help and we fellowship and we laugh and we cry together and we love on each other. It's just a result and a reward of the body functioning as it should. Sometimes if we are not careful, and I'm saying we, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll want rewards of men we want men's applause or men's praise or a pat on the back and every once in a while those things are good we need each other there have been many times in my life somebody come by and I felt like such a failure felt like giving up and quitting somebody put their arm around me or patted me on the back or shook my hand and said preacher hey you did good today I need to hear that today I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but we better beware doing what we do in the body for the praise and the applause of men we ought to support one another. When we see one another's down, we ought to go to them. That's what the Bible said. The body ought to be so closely knit to together that when one part of the member, or one member of the body suffers, all the body ought to suffer together. And when one part of the body rejoices, we ought to all rejoice. We all want to rejoice. How about there are fewer of us who want to suffer? How about suffering with the body will cause you to be able to rejoice with that body? He said, it's like the ointment. It comes down and it touches every part. There's no. It's a powerful thing. This ointment was a powerful thing. And I'm going to tell you, unity is a powerful thing. It will affect everybody in the house. And I'll say on the other side, not having unity will affect everybody in the house too. When sinners come into the house of God and there's no unity, it will be evident. But I'm glad when sinners come into the house of God... And there is unity among the brethren. I'm glad they can't escape it either. It will affect them when they see the body operating the way it ought to be. And so he said it was like the ointment which had a perfume and had a power. But then he said it's like the dew of Hermon. He said that dew that descended upon, from the mountain down in the valleys. And he said it gave life. I'm going to tell you what unity does to the church. It gives the church life. It'll get, I remember, and a matter of fact, I listened to it maybe not this past week, but week before, just throughout the day as I was going through my week and trying to let the Lord lead me about what to listen to. And I pulled up that message that Brother Jeremy Oakley preached here be four years ago next month. And he preached one night and them three nights of meeting. Brother Joe Hyde and Brother Jeremy were here together. I wasn't even the pastor there. And I was feeling in, felt like the Lord wanted me to be the pastor. We didn't know really what we were gonna do. We was just trying to follow God. And God said to get them two men for three days, and that's what we did. <coughs> Brother Jeremy stood here and he preached about unity. And I'll never forget what he said about that do. He said the rain won't fall all the time. He said sometimes it gets mighty dry. But he said, if you can have the dew, he said, you can carry through the dry times. And I'm going to tell you, that's what unity does for the people of God. We're not going to be on the mountain all the time. are not going to be swinging from the chandelier all the time. are not going to be running the aisles and jumping the pews and shouting glory to God all the time. There are going to be some times that we're on the bottom. going to be some times we find ourselves in the valley. The, the dew came from the mountain, the snow-capped peaks of Herman. That cool air would come across of the valley and meet warmer air and it would condensate and that dew would fall on them valleys. And one writer has said that dew never fell any harder than it did from Mount Hermon and it never was needed anymore than it was in them valleys below it. I'm going to tell you the greatest manifestation of do will come from the unity of the people of God. And we're living in these dark, dry times and there's never been a time that we need the unity of the brethren any more than we do in these days. When we can come through the door and we can worship together whether we're on the mountain or in the valley where we're in one mind and one accord. I'm glad God said there'd be life there where the dew would fall and carry us through the dry times when we support and encourage and love on one another. Oh Yeah. If you've ever, sometimes I'm afraid, and I know it's human nature, often we don't realize what we have until we don't have it. And I don't ever want that to be the case around here. But if you've ever went anywhere and walked in and you could tell that something just wasn't right, most of the time, the problem is there's not unity among the people of God. Somebody's offended at somebody else somebody's got their feelings hurt. And the majority of the time, the sad fact is, and I'm not preaching mean this morning, I'm just preaching the truth. The majority of the time, those people that get their feelings hurt want their feelings to be hurt. They set them out there. You know, I fuss at my girls all the time, especially my least one. She wants to drink her cup and she's got where she don't want a lid on it and she don't want a straw. She wants to drink out of the cup and she wants to set it right on the edge of the counter. And I fuss and I say, push it back. It's so easy to get it knocked out there, it's prone to have an accident. And that's our problem in our Baptist churches today, is that men and women come in with their feelings on the edge of the counter and they're just hoping somebody knocks them over. And that's not unity among the people of God. And we are all different. We are all people. Paul wrote about it. Go home read it. Ephesians 4. He said we're all in of one Lord, one faith, one body, one baptism, one calling, one hope. But he said we all have different spirits. We all have different gifts. And we're all different in this thing. And so we must endeavor to keep the unity. We all have our thoughts. We all have different mannerisms. And I'm going to hurt your feelings and you're going to hurt mine. It's the reality of this life. But if unity is the driving force, we can overlook them things. The Bible said that charity covereth a multitude of sins. And I don't think that means you can do whatever you want to and love will cover it over. But I think what the writer was saying is that love will cause you to overlook some faults that your brother may unintentionally have. And it's just part of being in the flesh. We can get past it and go on for the glory of God. I'm going to tell you the sad fact about disharmony and discord and people getting their feelings hurt is there are some people in some churches that have had their feelings hurt for 20 years and they don't even remember what it was that hurt their feelings in the first place. They're just determined that they're going to keep a grudge against somebody and keep strife stirred up in the church. Now I'm going to tell you one thing I know for a fact, for a fact is that God's not pleased with that. <coughs> And I'm going to tell you one thing I'm pretty certain of is that a majority of them people probably ain't brethren in the first place. If you can be offended at your brother and it never bother you and you can hold a grudge for 20 years and there's never desire in you but by the Spirit of God to get it right and get fellowship restored, there's a real problem in your heart. And the problem probably is that you've never been born again. That you're not brethren in the first place. Abraham said it ought to drive us lot that we are brethren. We're going to have to do something. We can't be like this and be brethren. Right. I think that discord among the people of God, there's times it's going to happen. It's part of the nature of being in the flesh. There are times we're going to get out of kink and out of kilter with one another. But I'm going to tell you, there's something inside you that you know you're a part of the brethren and you want to get it right. It may take some time. You may be wounded. You may be hurt. And that's part of it sometimes. And I've been hurt. And you've been hurt. I'm not preaching to anybody in the building this morning that's not been hurt. And sometimes that hurt takes some time. But you'll have to admit and recognize with me that there is a force in you that wants to mend the hurt and go on and reestablish unity among the people of God. He said it brings life. But according to Scripture, if I read my Bible right and I'm done this morning, according to Scripture, it brings liberty when there's unity among the brethren. He said, Unity, when brethren dwell together in unity, it's like the, the dew descended from Hermon from the mountain of Zion. He said, For there, there in that place where the dew has fallen, where the unity is. He said, the Lord commanded blessings, even life forevermore. What he's saying is, he talks about Zion, that place where the Lord chose to set His name there. When there's unity among the people of God, there's liberty for the Spirit of God. If you want to keep God, the Spirit of God, the liberty of God to move, if you want to keep Him bound up, just have discord among the people of God. There'll be no freedom, no liberty For the Spirit of God to move. I'm going to tell you in these days we need the Spirit of God to move in our churches. It's the only hope for sinners to be saved. It's the only hope for the people of God to get help. It's the only hope for my loved ones and your loved ones and my children and your children and your grandchildren is for the power of God and the Spirit of God to be liberated to move in our church. And for him to do that. Now God can do anything He wants to. But God's not pleased with discord and He's not going to work over it. In order for the Spirit of God to have liberty there must be unity among the people of God. And God's not going to put His approval on something that goes against the Scriptures. He's not going to do it. God's not going to violate His holiness. God's not going to violate His Word. And He's not going to bless over sin. He's not going to work among discord. We must have the Spirit of God. We must have unity among the brethren. David said it's good. Behold it. Look at it. Take notice of it. Study it. And look at how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. When we come into the house of God, and I understand that it's God. It's not us earning it. That's not what I'm preaching this morning. You can't earn the presence of or the power of God, but we do have an obligation to have the atmosphere right for the Lord to work. Now I've thought about these last few services that we've come in. Maybe one on Wednesday night and one on a Sunday night. We've come in and the Lord just took over. And He spoke to hearts and ministered to people. Folks have got help. Folks have recovered hope. You know why that is? Number one, because the Spirit of God moves, but the Spirit's moving because there's unity among the brethren. And we ought to endeavor to keep it. He gave it to us, He gave us the desire to have it among the brethren. And we ought to do our part. Sometimes it takes and requires some effort on our part to keep the unity. That's the language Paul used, endeavor. That means to work, to put forth an effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, capital S. He's the uniting force. We're, we all are partakers of the same Spirit, one Spirit, one Lord, one family. But it's our flesh that causes discord. It's not the Spirit of God in us. The Spirit of God in us cries for unity. Cries for harmony. That's what was taught this morning in the Sunday school hour. The flesh wants to get even. The flesh is what promotes discord. The flesh wants its feelings glorified. But the Spirit in us cries and longs for unity among the brethren. And so we must endeavor to keep it. For there's a power in the unity of the people of God. Every time, if you go home and read your Bible in the local New Testament church, beginning in the book of Acts, every time the power of God failed and the power of God moved, it was because the church was in one mind and one accord. And there was unity among the people. The day of Pentecost, they were all of one, go home and read it. The Bible said they were all of one mind and one accord. And they were all met together praying, and the power of God failed other times in the book of Acts other times in Paul's epistles the church agreed together they were in one mind and one accord and the Lord worked through the Lord was given liberty through their unity to work among his people we need unity in these days we got enough discord we got enough, enough disharmony in the world there's enough against us in the world we don't need to be against one another in the church we need the unity of the spirit Behold how good and how pleasant it is. Whether you're a body member that's seen or one that works behind the scenes, just know regardless there's a God in heaven who has put you in the body. That seemed good to Him to put you. And He is seeing what you're doing. And there's a reward for you. It may not come here. We're not here to seek rewards in this life. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. There'll be a reward day. One old preacher said, there's a payday someday. And there will be. I'd rather get my rewards from God as I would to get them from men. And we better endeavor. Lord, help me to endeavor. Lord, help me not to take for granted the bond of perfectness, the unity of the Spirit, unity among the brethren. It's a powerful thing. And the Lord will bless it. And the Lord honors it. And He works through it. God help us to maintain it and work for it in these days. Father, I thank You this morning for this time together. I know, Lord, not much on my part, just a few words, but Lord, it's what You placed on my heart for the service today. I ask, Lord, that You'd receive the honor and the glory